You will not resign. You will force me to dismiss you. I will not resign, and you will not dismiss me, Miss Mackay. You will not use the excuse of that pathetic, that humorous document to blackmail me. Mr. Lowther, you are a witness to this. Miss Mackay has made totally unsupported accusations against my name and yours. If she has one authentic shred of evidence, just one, let her bring it forth. Otherwise, if one more word of this outrageous calumny reaches my ears, I shall sue. I shall take Miss Mackay to the public courts and I shall sue the trustees of Marcia Blaine if they support her. I will not stand quietly by and allow myself to be crucified by a woman whose fetid frustration has overcome her judgment. If scandal is to your taste, Miss Mackay, I shall give you a feast. Miss Brody, I am a teacher. I am a teacher first, last, always. Do you imagine that for one instant I will let that be taken from me without a fight? I have dedicated, sacrificed my life to this profession. And I will not stand by like an inky little slacker and watch you rob me of it. And for Can I do it? If you wish, my lady, of course. Yeah, are, you, are you really that tall? Yes, my lady. Thought you might have been walking on stilts. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to seeing your mother again. When I'm with her, I'm reminded of the virtues of the English. But isn't she American? Exactly. I would like another drink, please. You drank everything in this state. Try Nevada. Oh, Sydney! I saw your privates. <laughs> right. We should never have come here. The production of... I was understandably very delighted that our national... Fresh. Ah, I like not that. What a such Nothing, my lord, or if I know not what. Was that not Cassio parted from my wife? Cassio, my lord? No, sure, I cannot think it that he would sneak away so guilty like seeing you coming. And now, my lord, I have been talking with a suitor here, a man that languishes in your displeasure. Who is to me? By your Lieutenant Cassio. In the letter, I think it's the letter, I played a Chinese boy. A, a Chinese boy in an opium den. Of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. Sorting ceremony will begin momentarily. Professor, what exactly are you insinuating? I am merely requesting that when it comes to my students, you conform to the prescribed disciplinary practices. Mary Clarence, like like Clarence Williams the Third from the Mod Squad. Mary is in deference to our holy mother. Clarence is in honor of Saint Clarence of Concordia. There are three vows every nun must accept. The vow of poverty, mm -hmm. the vow of obedience, mm -hmm. and the vow of chastity. I'm out of here with that. Oh, man. Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. The British are coming. Well, they've already came. And one of them 
who is loved on television, stage, and the screen is the topic of conversation tonight on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. You know her as Dame Margaret Natalie Smith, but we know her as Maggie Smith, born December 28th in 1934 in Ilford, Essex, England. And since 1952, she has graced us with her presence. She has two Academy Awards, the first for the prime of Miss Jean Brody, and the second for California Suite. She has had Oscar nominations for Othello, Travels with My Aunt, A Room with a View, and Gosford Park. She, of course, was in as Minerva McGongle in Harry Potter films. She was on Death on the Nile, Hook, Sister Act, The Secret Garden, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Quartet, and The Lady in the Van. But it is for Downtown Abbey that she is very very well known as the Dowager Countess. I often joke and call it Downtown Maggie because she really has the best one-liners. She is the Dowager Countess. In fact, my cousin and I often talk about Dame Maggie Smith and those one-liners just some of the best. She's right about my maid. She's leaving to get married. How could you be so selfish? Don't call her your grace. I thought it was correct. For a servant or an official, not a ceremony, but in a social situation, call her Duchess. But why? I don't call you Countess. Certainly not. There's no logic in it. Oh, no. But if I were to search for logic, I should not look for it among the English upper class. Sometimes I feel as if I were living in a, an H.G. Wells novel. Such a glare. It is if I were on stage at the Gaiety. Where is it? A gramophone. Some cousins of mine have given it to us. You should stand well clear when you light blue touch paper. Is this an instrument of communication or torch? What am I sitting on? A swivel chair. Ooh. Another modern brainwave? Not very modern. They were invented by Thomas Jefferson. Why does every day involve a fight with an American? I'll fetch a different one. No, no. I'm a good sailor. Oh, things. Is there anything worse than losing one's maid? I mean, why would you want to leave me? I've been as gentle as a lamb. Most of the time. You are quite wonderful the way you see room for improvement wherever you look. I never knew such reforms. I take that as a compliment. Must have said it wrong. I wonder your halo doesn't grow heavy. You must feel like wearing a tiara around the clock. You were not pleased, Mrs. Crawley. She would not let me go until I'd promised. She would not relax her grip. You make me sound very fervent. Wars have been waged with less fervor. No, the English women dream of dying in someone else's house. Are you, are you really that tall? <laughs> the Dowager Countess. Of course. Dame Maggie Smith is 88 today. And in 2024, she will be 90 years old. Because we are surrounded by all this 
magnificentness. I present my guest tonight, Dame Maggie Smith. Hello, dear. You know, I usually don't do these things. You mean a podcast? Precisely. Is it beneath you? Not exactly. I don't know how these things work. Have you ever heard of Mark Marin? Oh, yes. He has that very interesting podcast called WTF. And I've been told that you haven't said the F word since Quartet, that Dustin Hoffman got you to say it. Yes. I usually don't say words like that on the screen. The people wouldn't know me. Do you think the Dowager Countess would say the F word? Well, I mean, you know, she's always going about and... But, but, you know... I mean, nobody ever wanted to put me in one of those movies, you know, Die Hard or Pulp Fiction. Would you, would you have liked to have been in Pulp Fiction? You know, as I watched John Travolta wielding that hypodermic needle at Uma Thurman, I thought, oh, that is fascinating. Only in America. No Englishman would even dream of doing that. Are you acting or are you just... A little bit of both, you know. I mean, I could have been in Reservoir Dogs. I could have been in Coca Spaniel. Have you ever seen Reservoir Dogs? No. It's not about dogs. Oh. Well, that takes the fun out of it, doesn't it? Is there, is there a movie that you were offered and you said no? I was offered Aliens. The Sigourney Weaver part? Yes, I was. I said, you know, I don't think that would look good, Desdemona, wielding a gun and shooting aliens that pop out of people's chests. I mean, they want something to pop out of someone's chest. They could hire Fair Fawcett. May she rest in peace. Oh, Dame Maggie Smith, we are getting wild. Well, <clears throat> when one does not do television anymore, I can say what I want. I mean, the films that I watch, I watch a lot of British films. I do love the American directors. Did you see The Banshees of Insurance? I actually did. I thought it was fabulous. Although, Brendan Gleeson, what he does is just revolting. It's a revolting. And what did you think of Colin Farrell? Oh, Colin Farrell. He has come a long way. You know, he used to blow things up and take his ding-ding out. His ding-ding? Oh, you know, he liked to take his kit off. I mean, I've never done that myself. If you want that, you call up Helen Mirren. Dame Maggie, how does it feel to be 88? Oh, my dear. Until you've reached that pinnacle, I cannot tell you, for you cannot even feel the sensation. To be 88? No. When I'm 90, then maybe we'll have some red wines. We'll talk about that. I can't drink. Well, then we'll have some... T you, you do drink tea, don't you? Yes, I do. As you've reached this milestone, 
what how do you feel i mean you're first of all both your children are these brilliant actors yes chris is absolutely brilliant and then toby oh my dear some people have called toby my twin and while chris is too that awesome looks that he gave and black sails when i thought oh my goodness that is the dowager countess wielding a sword and a mustache and he was playing a homosexual very convincing oh you toby's not gay no my dear but he's very convincing i would have given him the oscar for that um so dame maggie at 88 years old who was the first person you called after your family oh i called matt i called him judy judy Dame Judy Dench and I have been friends for a long time. And she is also 88. And so it is, it really is magnificent. I always wanted her on Downton Abbey. I bet it didn't happen because we're such good friends. I also wanted both Toby and Chris. Don't, you know, kind of had a little fun. Toby was doing black sails. He could not remove the homosexual from his persona to be on Downton Abbey. Otherwise, he would have been in the sack with Barrow. Oh. Oh, yes. And so one of the actors, remember the one who played Mr. Penmoof? Oh, I could not forget him. He is in, um, what is it? Uh... White Lotus, season two. He lives. I saw a little bit of White Lotus. It was quite filthy. Oh, my. And F. Mary Abraham, who is such a brilliant actor, was in it. I couldn't believe it. I thought, is he going to take his ding-ding out, too? Dame Maggie, we are getting filthy. Are you drinking? Dear, I'm only drinking some tea. It is very late for me in England. Did you ever want to move to Los Angeles? No. I I remember my first husband was like, you know, we could move there. And I said, no, it's all right. I was given the Oscar. I could not show up to get it. The late Alice Gosley picked it up for me. It was absolutely fabulous. And then your, your final husband... Um, Beverly. Oh, yes. He did not want to move to Los Angeles either. Whenever I would collect an award, then I would go to Los Angeles. But England really is home. In these 88 years, what have you learned? I have learned that bread and butter can be quite convincing on screen. Oh, Count Chocolate is such a revolting serial. And that acting, really, is not the greatest professions. What is the greatest profession, Dame Maggie? The greatest profession is being a mute. And David Bowie would do it so brilliantly. Did you ever meet David Bowie? I did. He wanted to be in, in Hook. It didn't work out. Speaking of Hook... The late Robin Williams, I mean, oh, Robin, 
Robin was absolutely fabulous. I laughed until my tears could not wince anymore. He was fabulous. And Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, Whoopi should be a dame. She is just amazing. I literally almost had stitches, a little stitches, just laughing at her. Yes. And finally, Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey was the pinnacle. I mean, everyone would say, Dame Maggie, you steal every line. I can't help it with these two Oscars are heavy. And the Emmy Awards and everything. My 88 years have made me realize that the parts are still there. They have not dried up like vaginas. Really? Well, my dear, when you get older, it becomes very frail. Very, very. You could get a paper cup just taking a piece. Well, that's kind of graphic. Well, dear, when you turn 88, that's what happens. But you, you know, you do eat some prunes and you have some lotions. Do you have the Downton Abbey lotion? That is no such thing. Why must every day be a fight with an American? I thought I'd throw that in there. Thank you, Dame Maggie Smith. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, my dear. I'm going to have some tea, and then I'm going to Google Toby, because I think he's up to homosexual things. He's probably playing another part. So says you, my dear. I'm Dame Maggie Smith, and this has been the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. Unpleasant dreams. Thank you.